Welcome to the Tim Fowler Show, where production is paramount and we discuss the tools, time, and people associated with getting jobs done and making a profit. On today's episode of the Tim Fowler Show, we will be talking about safety with the help of special guest Dale Nicola of Encore Construction in Dennisport, Massachusetts. Alongside Tim Fowler, I'm your co-host Steve Wheeler. Here is the Tim Fowler Show. Hey everyone, I'm Tim Fowler and welcome to the Tim Fowler Show. I am so excited to have Dale Nicola on the show today. Uh, Dale was one of the first people to hire me when I went out on my own to do consulting, and I've enjoyed a great friendship ever since then, and uh, it's just really exciting to have him on. So we're talking about safety today, and I'm willing to guess that everyone listening to this podcast has had an accident on the job. Probably most of us have been the accident on the job. Uh, I've shared with a lot of folks that in 2014, I felt broke my wrist, tore rotator cuff. The crazy thing about it is I've actually fallen off of two roofs. Uh, I've fallen off a ladder at least twice. Both times uh, in those cases, just bruises, nothing major. But then I fall in 2014 and boom, uh, I'm sidelined for a year or so from actually doing work. So for many, accidents are relatively minor. Like I said, a cut or a bruise, even though they could have been a whole lot worse. For others, they're very, very catastrophic. And so my experience is this, that every now and then I hear about a serious accident, right? And it causes me to really think carefully about my safety for about a year, right? And so part of what we want to talk about today is how do you keep a company thinking about safety for a long period of time? Because We do have very, very short memories. So for many, safety is just about avoiding a government, particularly OSHA-type inspections. For others, it's about the cost of the injury itself. For others, it's about just not having somebody on the job because they're out with an injury. But probably, I think everybody will agree that the most important thing about safety is protecting people's health. So we all feel invincible. The young guys may be more than the older guys, but guess what? We're not. So our guest today has some experience with this, and we're going to share that with you in a minute. So, Steve, ever had a serious accident on one of your jobs? Tim, luckily, I never had a serious accident. I mean, like you, there were plenty of people that had uh, ER visits with cuts and bruises and, <laughs> and stitches, but nothing that nothing serious. Uh, and, you know, that was the probably the first thing I noticed when I started uh, as a carpenter with a contractor is the lack of safety. And from there, just, you know, just felt an innate, uh, you know, I, I guess, purpose of, of making safety an important role in the company for many reasons. Like you said, not just for the people we have employed, but I think it just sets a precedent with the client too, you know, that we're going to keep you safe. We're going to keep everyone safe and, and put out a great job. Oh, cool. So let's get right to it. Yeah. So Dale Nicola is the president of Encore Construction. He worked for his father for many years before he founded his own company in 1995 as Dale R. Nicola Company Incorporated. 
The company grew steadily as word spread about Dale's high standards and commitment to his clients. In 2003, Dale renamed his company to Encore Construction to reflect the team of carefully selected project managers, designers, craftspeople that had joined him to serve customers. Today, Encore provides comprehensive design, remodel, and custom home services to clients in Cape Cod and Metro West Greater Boston area. In the more than 25 years that Dale Nicola has been in business, his company has been honored to receive many awards for work that has been performed, including the National Association of the Remodeling Industry's Contractor of the Year, Remodeling Magazine's Big 50 Award, and numerous awards for from an independent surveying firm that measures quality and customer satisfaction in the remodeling industry. Their work has also been featured in Home Remodeling, Cape Cod Life, Boston Design Guide, and several remodeling industry magazines. Welcome to the show, Dale. Thanks a lot. Appreciate it. I guess hey, that's Dale. an old pile because now I'm up to 32 years. <laughs> <laughs> okay, a lot of experience here, so everybody listen up. So uh, it is great to have you on the show, Dale. I, I distinctly remember coming to visit you uh, way yeah. back many years ago. Great experience for me. And uh, like I said, the beginning, the beginning of my career as a consultant and getting to talk about this instead of having to do it. So um, will you share with us your experience with the death of an employee on the job site? Sure. So back in uh, 2003, we were doing a uh, commercial edition and uh, I had a project manager at that point in time. And um, one day he uh, decided to go and check uh, how some trusses were being stored on site on some staging. And he climbed up there and uh, one of the brackets for the staging actually broke and he fell about uh, about eight to nine feet, not a, not a fireball by any means, but his head hit the concrete slab that was underneath. And uh, so obviously uh, the other people on, on site uh, called uh, called the emergency, you know, got the paramedics down there right away. Uh, we brought him down to the hospital and uh, he passed away a couple of days later from a traumatic head injury. So I think, you know, to your point, Tim, <clears throat> that you're mentioning earlier, uh, the catastrophic accidents aren't always the big, big falls or the big events. They can be things that, you know, I think most of us who have been in the trade or the industry for any amount of years have already experienced ourselves. I can't tell you how many times I, I fell off a roof and I was doing roofing and siding. You know, but uh, if, you, if you're not lucky, it's even that, that, you know, that small fall that can end up killing you. Yeah, so that that does bring me back to my ladder accident where I broke my arm. I did hit my head, and uh, you know this same situation could have been could have been me as well. So, so what was the impact on the company? What what did people? How did they react? It must have been really uh, traumatic for a lot of folks. It was. I mean, the the the, the trauma, the experience. Obviously, it's a, it's a personal experience for. For me as the owner, it was a personal experience for everybody in the company. Uh, the project manager was a really well-liked guy, uh, very outgoing. Um, so he had good relationships with everybody in the company. He had good relationships with the people that we were working with on the job. Um, so obviously there's, there's that aspect of the accident that everybody went through. Then there's also the external. The external, by the external, I mean what happens, you know, in terms of 
the regulatory um, body, the like OSHA, you know, right. that you then start dealing with. And as the owner of the company uh, that I was one primarily dealing with at that point in time, and that's that's a big wake up call. I think when you start going through that as well. So yeah, there, the accident really affected us on a lot of different levels. Not yeah. all negative. Else, there was also a lot of positive outcome from it as well. Yeah, I don't think any of us uh, really want to deal with the regulatory <laughs> agencies on any level. Doesn't matter whether it's safety or taxes, right? But yeah. uh, I'm sure that's that's quite an experience to get involved uh, with that. So with regard to safety as a general topic mm-hmm. here, how did you and the company respond to this event in terms of how you addressed safety within the company? So, you know, in, in looking and having the opportunity to think about this a little bit, Tim, you know, knowing that we we're going to do this podcast, I was thinking that... Um, again, from the number of years that I've been in the industry, safety to me is kind of like finance. You know, it's one of those things, it's one of those topics that we deal with with as owners of the company where it's not that thing that we're really probably most interested in. I think all of us are more production oriented. You know, we want to be the guys that are going out to the job site and we want to spend most of our time thinking about how we can produce jobs better more efficiently on schedule. But boy, I tell you, having been in business again over 30 years, it's those sublime things that you're not thinking about, like finance, and I can tell you, like safety, that can come up and put you out of business very quickly if you're not paying attention to it. So our reaction initially was, okay, so how do we get through this? Right. You know, how, how do I manage the event um, so that we're getting through it culturally so that we can get over this as a company. And not necessarily, I shouldn't say get over it, but how we can uh, deal with it as a company on a cultural basis. And then, you know, how can we stay in business? How can we, what do we need to do in terms of how we're dealing with safety and how we're managing safety on a day-to-day basis um, to put us in a position where we're going to be doing those things that, we not only should be doing from a regulatory standpoint, regulatory standpoint, but we should just be doing to keep our people safe. Yeah, it seems like even in this situation, it may not even have been something an inspector might have seen. It just is an yeah. accident that occurs. And those yep. are the kinds of things that, you know, you can do all the regulation. Uh, it's just accidents uh, do take place. So you That's may... True, you know, I, I, you know, for my, uh, again, this is my personal observation. Um, if you're dealing with OSHA, OSHA does not consider anything to be an accident. Okay. They're going to look at any event that happens as being, as there was at some point that accident could have been prevented. Right. So you need to keep that in mind, you know, when you're putting a safety program into place. Oh, cool. Okay. So what have you done I mentioned earlier that, you know, for me, like I hear about somebody getting their finger cut on a table saw and then for the next year, maybe two years, I'm really careful to use a push stick and, and then I get a little sloppy and, uh, and hopefully it doesn't happen to me. So how did you as a company kind of sustain a, an active approach towards, uh, safety? I mean, like you just mentioned, sometimes it's that, behind the scenes thing that we don't think about till we have a problem and then we get all excited about it. So 
I guess what I'd like to really emphasize is what, how do you keep it going? How do you respond to this thing and then keep it going for the next 14 years? Sure. Well, the key is going to be, you can't, you can't have safety as one of those things that you're not thinking about on a regular basis. It has to become one of those uh, items that becomes again, as important as what you're doing in terms of your production. It has to become part of your production management program. Um, so our initial response to the accident was I actually um, hired an individual who worked with OSHA for years, but had retired from OSHA to help us manage our um, interaction with OSHA in terms of how we were uh, responding to the accident. But also, more importantly, long-term, he helped us come in and put a safety program into place. So by safety program, I mean, we now have a very formalized manual that everybody, that every employee in the company gets, not only production, but every employee in the company gets and has to sign off that they've read uh, and understand. And then uh, we also have a safety officer in the company. Um, so again, part of keeping it top of mind is making sure that somebody in the company is individually responsible for the safety program in the company. And it's not uh, just something that, okay, we create this manual, we've met all the OSHA requirements now, so let's kind of go back to what we're doing before. Right, so, so what, what position does your safety officer hold within the company? What is their role? So I'm, I'm, as a president of the company, the one most responsible for the safety, for our safety program. But then we actually have an assistant uh, project manager who is kind of the safety officer in the company on a day-to-day -day basis. So he's an individual who's out in the field a lot. So he has the opportunity to um, you know, visit the job sites and to interact with not only employees, but also the subcontractors. Um, so he's in and out, he's obviously in a position where he can notice that things aren't quite the way they're supposed to be. And then also, um, again, according to our safety manual, the project managers are also responsible for the safety on their individual jobs. And then ultimately, each individual each individual employee in the company is also responsible for their own personal responsibility or for their own personal safety, I should say. So I, one of the problems I've seen with a lot of companies is the president of the company is the safety officer, but they're only on the job once yeah. a week or every yeah. two weeks or in some companies almost never. And yeah. so it's, it, I think that job site presence is really critical. You mentioned um, trade contractors, subcontractors. How do you guys handle when trade contractors are doing something that's unsafe? Because that's, it eventually comes back on you if they do something that that's, uh, creates an accident. Yeah, and uh, again, so part of our subcontract agreements now um, have in there that they will abide by our safety manual. So in other words, the requirements that we lay out for us as a company, they also need to abide by uh, when they work for us. Um, so it doesn't mean they're doing that all the time, but again, it's up to us to make sure that we're supervising them adequately and, and, and responsibly and consistently so that if things do come up, we can, we can point it out to them that those things have to be corrected. And I think they all know that if they don't do that, they, they won't be working for us down the road. So that's, that's kind of the carrot. So you mentioned, um, the, the idea of, um, 
you know, thinking about safety as a regular part of your company process, uh, what is there anything specifically that you do just to keep it as a top of mind thing? Uh, uh, I'm just kind of curious, is there a meeting? Is it part of some meetings? Is it uh, a day long? What, what do you do to try to keep this so it doesn't become that, you know, forgotten thing that, that hits yeah. you again? So if I could go back to um, just a statement you made earlier, Tim, about um, a lot of companies have the president of the company as a safety officer. Right. That, that, that's not having somebody else in the company responsible for it other than the owner is a big mistake. Okay. And the reason I say that is that being in charge of safety, being a safety officer, managing the safety program for the company should be something that's evaluated by somebody else in the company. So if the president of the company is doing it, who's going to evaluate the job that he's doing? So it should be somebody who's below the president of the company who's being evaluated uh, on the job that they're doing as part of their evaluation, you know, in terms of promotion or whatever. You know, it's got to be made that important. Otherwise, it is going to get forgotten. Um, so, but a more important, so to your last question, though, so we have every week we have what we call project manager meetings. Uh, where we're reviewing with our project managers, you know, what's going on with jobs on a, on a very macro level. Um, but also as part of those uh, meetings, they also sign off on our tool, tool talk box. Okay. Or, or toolbox talk. So those are just little safety snippets that everybody has to read and sign off on every week. So that's just, you know, kind of one example that we use to keep everything top of mind, you know, as we go forward. So Dale, um, you have the safety officer that, that goes on site, and how are you enforcing this? It, you know, once you if you see an employee that has broken a rule, how is this enforced? Is there a strike rule? How does that work? Yeah, so so basically, there's a, a actually a two strike rule. So I, I, if um, you know something's being noticed, we obviously give them the opportunity to, to uh, correct it. Um, if it's a significant safety violation, again, having something to do, particularly with falls. Um, and it happens a second time, then they know they won't be working for it. Wow. So, and this is a, you mentioned assistant project manager. So this person can go on site, see a dangerous situation. Do they actually write it up as a violation or is it just a, like a face-to-face? It's it's really just a verbal. Okay. The first one is really just a verbal. The second, second one then will come back to me. Wow. Okay, that that's really cool. So I guess I I also wanted to kind of see, do you do you literally have a budget line item? Because I've looked at a lot of people's budgets over the last fifteen years, and almost never is there a line item for safety. Uh, I, and and maybe I'm putting you on the spot here, where you have to say <laughs> say no, but I'm I'm kind of hoping you say yes. <laughs> but is there? Is there a budget for safety or maybe per job for safety or something like that? Uh, so we don't have a specific budget for, for safety, so I will say no to that. <laughs> but we, what we do have is we have different budgets that cover safety. Okay. So we have budgets for, for small tools. So part of that small tool budget is ear and eye protection. Okay. Uh, that, we're, that we're supposed to be providing for our, for our employees. And then we also have an education budget. So part of that budget is for OSHA certification training. Okay. So we don't really have a safety budget, but we have safety training and management 
covered in some of our other line items. Okay, so I guess you just mentioned eye and ear protection. Like, how do you get people to wear safety glasses who don't wear glasses as a general rule? <laughs> it's tough, but I, and, and unfortunately, again, we can only manage our people when we're in front of them. Right. You know, when we're away, as I said, and it states specifically in our in our safety manual that ultimately their personal response, their personal safety is their personal responsibility. You know, so somebody, you just got to kind of continually, you got to kind of continually talk to them about the importance of them being, you know, of, of taking the time to make sure that they're not going to get hurt. Right. <laughs> you know, that they're not going to damage your eyes, that they're not going to, uh, you know, cut a finger off or whatever. Because, uh, again, we can't be there in front of them throughout the entire day. Mm-hmm. Again, we just continue to reinforce that they have to take responsibility for their own safety. And I think the other thing important there is the quality of the safety equipment because you can have glasses that fog up or, you know, that almost become a hindrance in certain cases. Gloves, operating tools become a hindrance. So um, I think it is important to stress the quality of what they're using as well. Yeah, I agree. So. What, what I do is I tell stories when I do seminars. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll ask everybody, like, how many people have you have had something drilled out of your eye, a piece of metal? And uh, there'll be a few hands, and, and I have my hand raised, and, I, I, you know, we talk about that. And then I turn my head sideways, and I say, okay, how many of you wear earring protection? Well, you better start, or you'll have these hearing aids like I do later on in life. So that's, that's my my contribution to trying to get everybody to, to practice safety, because I do think most of the safety things that we're asked to do are relatively simple and they cover most of the accidents. Like I said earlier, every now and then there's a big one, but Mm -hmm. most of the things like eye protection, ear protection, head protection, fall protection, you know, takes care of most of the things that happen to us on the job sites. So as we start to wrap up here, Dale, maybe a last little nugget of uh, wisdom uh, from you to kind of set the tone and maybe encourage people to get serious about it and and really put together a a safety program. Sure. I I think the most important thing that uh, company owners particularly have got to recognize out there is that safety, as I said before, is something as critical as finance that can put you out of business overnight. So um, if, if it's not something that you want to do, uh, again, just because you should be doing it to help protect your employees, you better recognize if you're not doing it, um, again, it, it could severely affect you in terms of you being able to stay in business. Sounds great. Thank you so much, Dale. It, it's great talking with you, and, and I know the listeners are going to get a lot out of this. Thank you very much. Okay. Yeah, Dale, I I do want to thank you for joining us on the Tim Fowler Show today. I know it's a heavy topic, but uh, I really thank you for sharing your story and wish you continued success, and we'll look forward to having you back on the show soon. Great. Appreciate it. All right. Take care. Take care. Well, Tim, this was a really fantastic show. I think this is going to give so much value to the people listening. Uh, Really, again, need to thank Dale for sharing that story uh, it can't be easy, and we've all, you know, probably been kept up at night with with just envisioning something like that happening in their uh, job site. So it's just so important to have safety as a part of your company, and um, maybe you could share a little bit more on that. 
So I've got three things that just stood out to me uh, from this. Number one, the comment that it's kind of like finance, that in many cases, we don't pay attention to it until Mm. it's too late. And by not paying attention to it, it could put us out of business. The second thing is, I think Dale's response to the accident in terms of hiring a retired OSHA guy. Yeah. uh, Absolutely smartest thing I think they could have done. And and not just as a response, but I'm just going to say that sounds like a great thing to do. Hiring someone to help you do it, uh, put this uh, safety program into practice. And then the third thing, which kind of came unexpectedly, is that whoever you have managing your safety program, their performance needs to be evaluated regularly. And I, I just thought that was so key to making sure it happens um, on a regular basis with the company. So uh, again, I'll just say it with you. I thought this was a fantastic uh, lesson for me. It'll be something I'll share with companies all over the country. Yeah. Yeah. It's something that we need to continue on. We'll, we'll have more topics on this again. And then once again, we want to thank Dale Nicola for joining us today. And we want to thank you for listening to another episode of the Tim Fowler show. And remember, we're helping the bottom line through production training. This has been another episode of The Tim Fowler Show. Want to hire Tim and fast-track your growth? Visit remodelersadvantage.com consulting to learn more. And if you'd like more information about Roundtables, our world-class peer advisory program, please send me an email at steve at remodelersadvantage.com. And of course, don't forget to subscribe to the show and comment on iTunes. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.